You're listening to the Make Life Epic Podcast with Jim Simcoe. Thanks for being here today. Let's get rolling with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Make Life Epic Podcast. Today, we have a very special guest, Mike Cahill from CrossFit Society, CrossFit Coach Extraordinaire. Uh, he's just fantastic to have you here. Thank you for being here. Mike and I, Mike has been uh, one of the coaches at, at our gym for, for a bit, and he's awesome. So thank you. Well, I appreciate the special intro. Yeah. My mom it, would be proud. Yes. Well, we'll have to send this to your mom <laughs> so she can get all excited about it. So tell me, tell me, because I know you just took this big test, CSCS. Am I even getting the acronym right? Yeah. Okay, good. CSCS. What does that mean? Stands for Certified Strength and Conditioning Specialist. It okay. essentially is the gold standard in sport performance probably around the world. Wow. Um, if you want to be a strength coach for a pro team, a collegiate setting, or even a government contract, you need a CSCS. There is no way around it. Um, it, it like I said, it is the gold standard. Interesting. Cool. So tell us. Key, keyword sport performance. Sport performance. Yes. Right. Because there's a lot of like people who go to 24 hour fitness and they go to a certified trainer and they think that that's like yeah. some big freaking deal. In it. Yeah. So, I mean, in the, in the realm of CrossFit and, you know, the, the NASM certs, things like that, those are fitness related certifications. This certification is geared towards improving the athlete's performance. Okay. And that's it. So give me, cause I know we talked about this in gym, but give me one of the typical questions I was on the exam. Cause I, uh, you, I remember when you told me yeah. some of these questions, I was like, holy shit. Like, yeah. I mean, they, they ran, I mean the, the topics that are covered in this test, uh, you know, it's anatomy, physiology, biology, uh, biomechanics, um, program design, uh, physiology of aerobic work, anaerobic work, um, even to the most mundane things of facility layout and legalities of, of training people. So everything, everything it's, it's a thousand pages of everything that you might possibly need to know, um, as a strength coach. Um, I, think, I think I would fail that test miserably. Yeah. So one, for people like one, one of the questions that is always on there, that's kind of a joke is how many inches from the floor should mirrors be? Are you serious? Yeah. What's the answer? Uh, I forgot. Uh, 20, maybe 20 inches. Okay. It's 20 inches because standard plates are 18. So if we're to roll, hit the wall, hit the mirror. Oh, gotcha. But you need to know that. And then it's something as as such, or, you know, there's such, there's so much science in it. It could be, um, you know, what, what nutrients are used to contract a muscle? Jesus. And... Um, you know, there's, there's things in there on, you know, how the heart works, how, um, you know, during, during the stride of running the, the extension of the leg, what muscles are engaging, what are the, you know, agonist antagonist muscles, why are they angles of muscles, et cetera, et cetera. So, I mean, it, it gets pretty in depth, but then there are ones as cheesy as the mirror one, the mirror one, which is so crazy. Thank God for guy, you know, for people like you, because there's two subjects my, my wife would probably argue three, two subjects I know nothing about. One of them is cars and one of them is the human body. Like I'm just, I have no idea. I drive a Prius. I didn't know until about two years ago that the engine wasn't in the middle of the car. Someone <laughs> told me it was in the front and I was like, oh shit, that's good to know. Yeah. But then also the human body, I have no idea how it works. Um, so tell us about, tell me about your background. Cause I think you have a really fascinating background because you actually said you were like an overweight kid. Uh, overweight is under, uh, Understating it, understating, which it. is crazy because blows you. I'll put a picture up. Mike is this 
huge ripped dude. So I cannot imagine him like being like ha- having a body fat of any more than like, you know, 10%. Yeah, so I mean, what, what's the deal? I just, I, I remember the, the biggest pair of pants I wore in seventh grade was a size 38. In seventh grade? Yeah. I'm a 34 now. Wow. Yeah. I mean, to put that in perspective and I, you wow. know, seventh grade, I don't know. I'm, you know, I'm five ten now. I probably was what? Five, three, five, four. Holy moly. How much did you weigh? Uh, I don't remember. Um, I, I, uh, yeah, you probably no don't remember, but I was a dough boy. Really? Yeah. And so where did you grow up? I grew up in Costa Mesa, California. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cool. And so anyway, it was funny because I was always the fat kid, but I was always one of the best athletes around. So I was the, on all, every all-star team for basketball, baseball, and football. I was the quarterback in football. I, really? Yeah. I was a pitcher in baseball. Um, not that you can't be a fat pitcher, but. Uh, There's a lot of fat pitchers There are there. a lot of overweight yeah, pitchers. A lot of fat pitchers out there. Um, you know, and so I never really thought anything of it. Um you know, my dad played college football, but he had gained weight when I got older. Uh, my mom never really worked out. So it really wasn't, there were training and fitness wasn't a big part of my life. Playing sports was obviously, mm-hmm. I, you know, I went from hockey to baseball, to football, to basketball, but I was still overweight. Huh. And I didn't, I mean, <clears throat> I never really thought about it until seventh grade when my PE teacher, um, who is a huge source of, or was a huge source of, um, inspiration at the time as a kid, I really looked up to him. He asked me point blank, if you ever seen a fat quarterback, like Ooh. in the college ranks? Cause the question was, you know, my dad, you know, my whole family pretty much went to Michigan and, uh, he, you know, he had said, are you going to play football in college? And without hesitation, cause I was kind of cocky as a kid. It was like seventh grade. I was like, yeah. I was like, yeah, of course I'm going to be the quarterback at Michigan. That's what I want to do. And he was like, have you ever seen a fat quarterback? Wow. And I remember I didn't, I didn't think much of it at the time. I remember I went home and took my shirt off and I just started poking and prodding. And I was like, wow. Wow. That's crazy. And that was it. I mean, from then on, it was reading everything I could get on nutrition and fitness and health and whatever you want to call it. Most of it was cheesy, but it, the, the spark of interest started there. And so, and you're in seventh grade, you're 12, 13. Yeah. Kai's 11. She's going into sixth. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's young. So you really got into it then. I can't imagine her. I can't imagine being that age and thinking of that. Well, I mean, he, he said he would help me. So I, after that, cause that year I was like fifth period PE, sixth period PE helper. Like it was okay. like a teacher's aide or whatever. And he said that he would put me on a workout program for those two hours if I would stick with it. He's like, but you have to stick with it. I was like, okay, sure. Did you stick with it? Yeah. Oh yeah, of course. I mean, I, again, at the time he was almost like a God to like oh, athletes. Yeah. He, he was the track coach, which like our middle school had won like 20 district titles. I mean, like he was, he, was he played baseball professionally, minor leagues. I mean, he, he was an athlete he and he, and so like whatever he said, I did. And it, I mean, it wasn't hard. It was push up, pull up, running, jumping. It was stuff like that. That's so cool though. Cause I mean, he, does he know that you had, he had that such, such a profound impact in your life? Yeah. As I got older and, and, uh, started playing football in high school and whatnot. Um, I would go back every once in a while and see him. Yeah. Uh, he actually recently, recently passed, uh, oh. cause, cause of cancer pretty young, but, um, he knew, I mean, 
18, yeah. 19, 20 year old kid going back to his seventh grade PE teacher. Oh, yeah. Saying, yeah, What's yeah, up? yeah you know? He obviously had a clue. Yeah. yeah. So that's cool. And then you played you play college ball? Yeah. So um, <clears throat> after high school, I, I had scholarship offers to small schools, D3, D2 schools. Um, I really wanted to play Division One. That was kind of my goal. Yeah. Uh, so I decided to play junior college football out here in California, which I know you're from the East Coast, but junior yeah. college football out here, like L.A., Orange County, San Diego, is pretty big. It's huge. That's where, I mean, didn't uh, Ocho Cinco play it at Santa Monica College? Yep. And so did T.O. Yep. Played at Santa yep. Monica College. So it's not. I mean, not my, my junior college team, we had seven bounce backs, which means they're D1 scholarship athletes playing for one or two years. It's not quite working out. And so they bounce back to a JC. Gotcha. Okay. So, I mean, I was playing with some real athletes. I mean, we had a couple ex-cons on the team. Oh, that's fantastic. I mean, it, it was the bad news bears for lack of a better example. But I mean, so I just, so I played junior college football and I had a blast. Um, what position did you play? I played outside linebacker. Of course you did. Yeah. Of course you did. Mike looks like an outside linebacker. He looks like <laughs> he could like just crush somebody right now without thinking about it. Wow. That's cool. So I, and I, I had a blast. We, our team was phenomenal. Um, we had, I think from my team, there was probably four or five guys when played D1. Um, so we, we had some good good athletes. I, however, the ninth game or the tenth game of the season, uh, we were uh, during a game broke my leg. Oh, and uh, snapped it in half, tip fib. Yeah, it was compound or no? Uh, both. I mean both. No, no, no. Did a uh, bone come through the skin? No, 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 no. Okay, no. good. Um, well, not good, but that's yeah. No, no. Less. The the doctor actually said it was one of the cleanest breaks he ever he ever saw. Wow. Because he's like. 99 out of 100 times is like, I'd have to pin this, but for whatever reason, it just like wow. clean split. Um, but I mean, I was on crutches forever. Yeah. Um, you know, and nobody's, no school is then going to bring a, uh, a junior college transfer in that can't walk. Yeah. You know? Exactly. And so I had some small schools again, come after me, but at that point I was just like, you know, I've done football for so long. I'm just going to kind of move on and yeah. go to college and do the college thing. Yeah. And enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. So, which I'm glad I did. I really never have looked back. Would I like to like strap pads on again? Like, sure. Yeah. You know, but like just the daily grind of training and always being hurt and things yeah. like that. And you always sore. Yeah. I mean, I would have loved to do an opportunity to play at a D one school. Uh, it just didn't quite work out. And yeah. again, I'm, I'm thankful for my experience playing that junior college football because I knew guys that played D one from my team, and we just had you know a good camaraderie. It was it was good times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I played uh, I played um, D three lacrosse. Okay, and so like all and and I know what you're talking about. Like you just I blew my knee out my final year, my senior year uh, during fall practice, and it's just crazy because for four years you're just sore all the time. Yeah, you're either running or working out. Like everyone else is drinking, partying, and, and I'm like, okay, I got to go to bed because it's midnight. Cause I'm going to be running around like in the snow tomorrow yeah. at practice, yeah. you know, while you idiots are sleeping until you're at 10 o'clock yeah. class yeah. and it just, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to be, you know, I don't care what level of athlete you are in college, you know, what division it's, it, it's work. Yeah. It's not, it's not easy. You know what I mean? It was, it was not uncommon to have Pac-12 scouts at our games, practices like all the time. That's cool. I That's mean, cool. so I mean, and again, they were really never there for me, but oh. I mean the other athletes that, that we had, um, yeah. so Right on. But yeah. And so that, and, and then, then that, so how did you get into what you're doing now from there? Uh, so, well, I then, uh, I had a buddy that I was working with and he was like, 
hey man, you got to come work out with me at this gym. I was like, okay, like whatever, whatever, whatever. I was doing curls, all that stuff. And so he brought me to Cross at Newport Beach. Okay. And um, we did this workout and it was the worst workout I've yeah. ever done. I, like I literally have never, it's a, it's a CrossFit girl workout. Uh, are you familiar with like the yeah, girl yeah. workout? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's called Eva, which is five rounds for time, 800 meter run, 30 kettlebell swings with 70 pounder. Okay. And then 30 pull-ups. Ooh. I mean, it's a 45 minute Merce esque. Yeah. Beat yeah. down grip too. I mean, kettlebell swings, pull yeah. up. I mean, you're doing 150 swings, 150 pull-ups right, right, running right. two and a half miles. And my hands were ripped. Um, I just remember laying on the floor going, why would anybody want to do this? But you probably loved it knowing you during, honestly, I remember laying on the floor. I was like, this is stupid. I was like, I'm never coming back to this place. <laughs> and that pride button uh, so clicked in the next day and I, I woke up and You're like, let's go. Yeah. I just remember them. I just remember being, it was fun. It was the coaches at the time were, they were good people. I enjoyed my time there, even though like during the workout, I was just like, it's such a struggle. Yeah. But I never felt out of place. I never felt, uh, you know, I'm trying to step into someone else's life that I shouldn't be. It was, right. it was they, were, they were very welcoming, but they also knew how to push buttons at the time. You yeah. know, and as an like an ex-athlete, you can push buttons. You know? Yeah. So they knew that, you know, and they were trying to get under my skin a little bit, which I appreciate because not many yeah. people do get under my skin. But at the time, like when girls are running faster than you and they're doing more pull-ups and you're kind of like, all right, yeah, like, this is, this is you know, Let's go. yeah. So I started uh, working out. Uh, I paid a membership at Crossing New Breeze for two months. I then asked them if I could start interning, cleaning the gym, doing whatever, being around and they didn't even hesitate. Um, so I started interning there, which it was a phenomenal place to grow up, especially in the beginning of CrossFit. Now, yeah. I, I, I shouldn't call it beginning, but, but you know, early, it was definitely early yeah, 2007. There was, I want to say three gyms in Orange County. Wow. Now there's three on a major street. Wow. You know? So, uh, at the time, a couple named Brian and Melissa McKenzie, and now split up. So different last names, but, um, they own the gym. Brian McKenzie started CrossFit Endurance, was a sect of CrossFit. Okay. Um, John Wellborn, who started CrossFit Football. Yeah, I heard that. Was a member there. He played for the Chiefs mostly, but he did play for the Pats. He did play for the Pats. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, So he started CrossFit Football, so he was there at the time. We had a couple ex-seals at the place. Um, There was also a coach named Carl Borg, who then after Brian got out of CrossFit Endurance, Carl took it over. So, I mean, there was these... Just big names. Yes. Big uh, inside of CrossFit, these were like the, best, the founding, people, founding fathers. Yeah, best right? people to learn from probably. Yeah. So, and again, at the time in 2007, no one really knew a lot of things. It right. was trial and error. Um, there's even a workout called the Newport Crippler that I was the very first one ever to do it because as the young 21 year old kid, it was what like was the workout. It was, uh, you remember it? Yeah. It was for time, 30 back squats at 225 and then a mile run. Oh, so like oh that, that mile God. after 30 unbroken back squats at 225 is. That just sounds. It, it's almost like the first 800 meters, your legs are numb, which you could look it's as a benefit. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I but, think that's actually good. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, I, I, we, we did, I don't remember what, what the workout was last week, but it was really, really hard. And my legs were numb and we were carrying medicine balls and the, and the thing, the program was to, you know, go a hundred meters and everybody was walking. My legs were totally numb. So I just yeah. ran it. 
Because yeah. I'm like, it's going to hurt as much, yeah. but it's faster. Yeah. Like it doesn't, won't hurt for as long. Yep. So, all right. So you got into that. So, um, and there, you know, one of the things, you know, to back up, I really wanted to talk about nutrition and health and overall yeah. thing. And, and Mike is, has some really interesting, really valuable takes on that, which I think are really, really key. Cause you've been around CrossFit forever and you've worked at how many different gyms you've worked at? Eight, I think. Eight different gyms. Yeah. And so too many. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it seems like, you know, you, you really know what, you know, what the hell you're doing. And, and I think, you know, in our talks in the gym, I'm really, I've always, always been impressed by like, wow, he really gets all aspects of it from a holistic perspective. Yeah. So, you know, tell us about your core beliefs about nutrition and health and, and, you know, what are your general thoughts? And I'll get into more questions about that overall, but you know, yeah. how does well, it all come together? Going back, one of the things, one of the reasons why I got my CSCS was to separate myself from the cross community. Cause there's a lot of interesting people out there that, that coach CrossFit. Right. And I was just tired of being lumped into that category. Right. Um, going to your comment of holistically bringing it all together. Cause at the end of the day, right. We do this for health. We're not, this is CrossFit is not sport performance as much as people want to believe that it is. Right. It is not sport performance in its own kind of world, the CrossFit games can be looked as a performance sport, but you don't do CrossFit to better your sport performance. Do you think it's sense. the, do you think it's one of the closest things you can do to improve sports performance or what do it depends how it's applied. It's okay. all, it all depends how it's applied because if I have a football athlete, I'm not going to give him Eva Eight, uh, five rounds, 800 meter run, 30 swings, 30 right. pull-ups. He'll get hurt. Right. Well, it's not even get hurt. It's, you have to look at the energy system that someone's training. You have to look at movement patterns. Um, you have to look at what the athlete does well and doesn't do well. Like, yeah. so if he can't, if he can't recruit his glutes or he can't, if he's so tight in his hips, he can't really come to hip extension, like kettlebell swings under uh, high heart rate dress is not going to be beneficial. Like, right. again, it just comes with what the goal is. And, and football players don't, move for that long. And so when I go back to energy systems, right, if you break it down to black and white, it's five seconds of work, 30 to 60 seconds of rest. Yeah. So your training needs to mimic that a lot of the time because right. that's the sport. Right. Just like if we were training a hundred meter dash sprinter, we wouldn't have him do five K repeats. Right. Right. So, okay. um, so yeah, that's when I say CrossFit, if, I would never send a football player to a local CrossFit gym. If I was a coach or if I had a trusted uh, coach that I've known for years at a gym, be like, hey, Joe here, uh, you know, he's an 18 year old kid going to college. Like he's good at this, this and this, can't do this. Like I expect my buddy who's a strength coach to write a program for him. To for bet- him. Yes. Okay. Never jumping in the group class. Ever. Okay. Um, Okay. So that, so that's, that's what I mean. Just, so, so what would you say? So yeah, your beliefs more that it's, it's customized more to the in, individual, no matter what the situation is for sport performance or, or for, just in general, just in general. Well, you can't do that in the CrossFit setting because that costs a lot of money. Also the, the fun of CrossFit classes is everyone's doing the same workout. Yeah. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, but it, it always comes back to it. What's the goal here? So, you know, football player what's the goal well, i want to be better at football okay cool 100 of the things that we do is going to make you better at football right the other things that don't help we're not even going to think about or entertain right but you know part of crossfit is doing things to make you better at general fitness right right which is could be anything it could be really anything picking right. up logs and running with it it could be squatting it could be gymnastics work like those all encompass crossfit but like yeah. 
would I want a football player picking up a heavy log and running a mile with it for time? Like I know CrossFit gyms that have done that. It's not a bad workout, right? Like I've, I've gone camping before with buddies where we chopped wood and had to carry it back a long distance. It's just like, but I mean, I would never do that for training for an athlete. Gotcha. So, and would you say, I mean, cause you know, if we're, you know, I would say like our, the audience that listens to this is more, they're probably very, very active. I highly doubt any professional sports players yeah. listen to us, you know, or, or people trying to get into the pros. So like for, from a general, general population of movement and Hey, being active and being healthy, what do you think are like some of the, what are your, some of your bigger beliefs around that? Yeah. Well, you know, in terms of having core beliefs about kind of health and I encompass health movement, nutrition, lifestyle. Yeah. A lot of things that you and I've talked about before. Um, you know, I came up with, with kind of four things. Um, you know, for me, the first one is sleep. Really? Yes. Okay. So that's interesting. So I want to, I want to hear about that, but that's interesting because most people would, you know, that's not the first one they go to. Yeah. And that's probably one of the easiest ones to, it's the easiest, easiest one to do. Tell me about Tell me about that. So sleep is when our body recovers from daily stressors and daily stressors are anything. It could be our response to traffic on the freeway, our response to eating uh, a bunch of sugar, our response to five by five back squat where it left our legs jiggly, right? Those are all stressors. And it's not like we do that and we automatically get better. We need recovery time through nutrition, through sleep. Um, Sleep, it's the most fundamental thing that we can do um, as humans to better ourselves. I mean, you go back thousands of years, the sun went down, we went to sleep, the sun came up, we woke up. Yeah. You know, it's just innate in us to do that. What time do you go to bed? Uh, well, and I realize you work kind of later. Yeah. So like last night I didn't get home till nine 30. So you shower, you eat, you get done by 10 30, sit there, watch a little TV. It's 11. You go to bed. Okay. What time did you get up today? I was up at, well, my girlfriend had school. So she, she got me up at six. I laid in bed till about seven. Didn't really fall back asleep. But um, ideally, if I worked, you know, it's called like an eight to five or a nine to five job, yeah. uh, like 10 to six would be ideal for me. So full eight hours. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, again, life happens. And you don't always do that. But if you're not sleeping, I don't even want to talk about training and whatnot because. Is it the most important thing in yeah. your mind? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Huh. It. That's. It's, Cool. Have you ever, have you ever woke up and felt slow, felt shaky, felt just out of energy? Yeah. I mean, that's happened tons of times. Have you woke up and been the opposite? Yeah. Like today I went last night, I went to bed, I was reading my book and I went to bed at, um, I don't know, 10 30 and I woke up at five 30 just feeling awesome. I, I, I do better on about seven hours of sleep. Yeah. And I just know like if I get seven and a half, I'm super tired. If I get uh, six and a half, I'm super tired. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it all depends on the person, but there are very few people in this world that are going to convince me that say five hours is what they need. No, there are very few people. Right. But, um, in terms of recovery, in terms of overall health and hormonal balance and, um, our ability to cope with the daily stressors, sleep is number one. Huh. Okay. What about so, number two? Number two is the control of insulin and cortisol. 
So this is why it's great having you on the show. Yeah. Not the typical answers of like, eat a great diet, get lots of yeah. exercise. Yeah. You know? All right. Well, so I mean, insulin and cortisol. This is really specific. This is awesome. So tell me about that. Yeah. So insulin is a hormone that is secreted by the pancreas that essentially is a storage hormone. So you eat food, you ingest it, whatever, whatever. You, your body then, depending on what is needed at that moment, uses the nutrients for whatever activity you are doing. Okay. So let's say um, you ingest, you have a meal um, and you're sitting at your desk, you haven't been active for a whole lot. Your body is going to store that for later use, which is okay. great. Without it, we would die. Right. Right. And there's three places that our body stores energy or stores sugar, which we'll talk about later. And that's in the muscle, the liver, and then fat cells. Okay. So your muscles have a limited amount of space depending on how big you are, how big, how, how much muscle you have. Okay. Right. And then, um, liver is relatively the same in people. Um, and then fat cells are what grow exponentially. Okay. So you can kind of see that sucks. It does suck. It does suck. However, a thousand years ago, it, it did didn't suck. suck. Yeah, right? You know when you're going to get your next meal. Hibernation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. What you I mean, you see people, um, or you would read, you would, you read things and, you know, people would put some belly fat on in the winter. That's not a new phenomenon that happened thousands of years ago because people, it's going to be winter time and they need some, some, some heat they need to keep them insulated but they also need energy to move around not knowing when they're going to eat again right um so long story short with insulin the when it becomes problematic is um you know we're we're a culture of of sitting and not being as active as we should be um and our nutrition is highly processed carbohydrate everywhere you go and, and again you live here in Solana Beach. I live in Oceanside. It's we're on the forefront of health yeah. compared to the rest of the country. Yeah. Right. The rest of the country is eating fast food all the time. Yeah. And when I say the rest of the country, that's what I ate as a kid. Fast food every night. Like McDonald's, yeah. the Burger King was like a different type of fare. Yeah. <laughs> you know, to me as a kid, that's it was. Um, so people are eating processed carbohydrate. They're eating you know, Slurpees, they're having dessert all the time. They're eating pasta. They're even even if you want to do the quote unquote health food of orange juice and toast. It's all carbs. It's all carbohydrate and which is not bad, but insulin response to carbohydrate intake. Okay. So then the insulin, so what does the insulin do to the carbohydrate? It, it, it pushes it, it stores it. So if, if it's, if we, so does it turn the carbohydrate into fat or is it, it stores it in the fat cell, which turns it into fat. Yes. It's, uh, it, if it's not, if okay. it's not needed. So for example, if, you're yeah. like 20 miles or something. You're going to get Yeah. That. That's why. And that's why marathon runners take carbohydrate gels with them because they need it like that. Yeah. They need it right there. Right. That's why they carb load a few days before, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but the average person in this life sits at a desk from eight to five. Yeah. They get stressed out from conference calls from their bosses or whatever the rest of the world or rest of the world kind of brings stress upon them. Right. So if they're eating, let's call it orange juice and toast for breakfast. Lunch is pasta. Nighttime is, um, you know, pizza and wine. I mean, I don't know. I, to me, that's kind of common for a lot of people. All of that is carbohydrate. So if, if we don't need it, our body's going to store. Oh. And if we, if we have about five grams of blood sugar at any one time, insulin will kick in. Well, five grams is minimal. I was going to say, it's nothing. Minimal. So, 
the amount of carbohydrate that our body actually needs for everyday life is very minimal compared to what maybe the U.S. government would tell us that we need. Gotcha. Okay. So um, insulin is very important. It keeps us alive. However, when it's abused, our body will be in a consistent storage state, which is why we get so overweight. Gotcha. So okay. Obese. Um, and then how does the cortisol and so cortisol plays in it? Cortisol is your stress hormone. So anytime your body has a stressor, again, it could be in traffic. It could be, uh, you drop something on your foot. It could be, uh, a phone call with your wife or your boss or something like that, or a 30 minute CrossFit workout. Those are all stressors. What releases at that point is cortisol from the adrenal glands, hence the term adrenaline. Okay. Um, that's kind of the response that we're thinking when cortisol spikes. Okay. So you ever, you know, have you ever been in an argument where your heart is racing? Yeah. Like, like probably two hours ago. Yeah. Well, that's, actually, well, that's your nervous system kicking in. And that's, that is a response that is innate in our bodies that goes back thousands of years. Our body perceives that as a threat, as a threat, as a threat to our life, which we don't have. We don't have threats no. in life, no. like real threats, you know? No, there's no like water buffalo charging. Exactly. Right. And that's, it's silly to, to sit here and think about that. But going back to those times, we didn't have traffic. We didn't have, um, the, I think the anxiety levels that we yeah. have today. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, Again, cortisol knows no difference between stress. So we sit at the desk, we're stressed. We drive home in traffic, we're stressed. We, we train at night with fluorescent lights, right? The lights are supposed to signal us to stay awake. That's, uh, that is cortisol spiking when cortisol should be spiking in the morning, right? Hence it's the sun. Uh, so we're talking. Wow. That's interesting. We're talking rhythm here. So, I mean, our lifestyle is just one of a consistent stressor. So is number so number two is managing insulin and managing cortisol. Managing stress and managing the insulin spike. Um, again, insulin spike. Okay. All right. What about number three? Number three is um, eating things that do not have ingredient lists. Huh? Th- eating things that do not have ingredient lists. So when you go buy an, like that. when you go buy an apple at the store, does it say apple on it? No, no, <laughs> doesn't say anything on it. But you, I bet if you were to go buy uh, applesauce, maybe from some mass produced company, you would have 50 de- dehydrated apples, sugar, brown sugar, high fructose corn syrup, yeah. salt. I mean, like all these things, which like in reality, applesauce should be like mashed apples with cinnamon and maybe some sugar if you wanted it. Yeah. You know, but like. I always use the example of Trader Joe's Just Chicken. They've changed it over the years, but when it first came out, there was this tub of Just Chicken. Like they, that was that's what it was called. It's called Just Chicken. Just Chicken. It was like it looked like grilled chicken breast chopped up. Okay. However, there was like fifty ingredients in it. What were the? Why would it have so many ingredients? Well, like chicken would be obviously the number one ingredient, but like food coloring, uh, uh, sugar, mm. um, you know oils, things, things of that nature and not, you know, real oils, like processed oils, like hydrogenated oil, things like that. (laughs) Um, which again, people are buying that and they're thinking, this is just chicken. This is great marketing. It is great marketing. It just sucks. I hate that. That one of those things that drives me nuts is like marketing like that when they do like certain things that they'll say, um, I saw something in the store the other day and it was some kind of water or something and it said gluten free on it. Oh God. And I was like, Dude, come on. Gluten-free water? Like, yeah. obviously, it's water. Or they say, like, 
when they, you know, like, you know, cause as you know, like I don't eat meat, but so like, you know, but I've passed those, those areas and I'll see like something and I'll say humane, you know, farm raised, humanely raised yeah. chicken. And I'm like, well, here's the thing. It's humanely raised until they murder the chicken. So I don't think that that's really humanely raised. Like, and if, yeah. you know, you're going to eat it, you're going to eat it, but don't put it on there. It's like, to me, it's like when Philip Morris comes out and says, oh, we're trying to keep kids off of cigarettes. It's like, yeah. no, you're not like yeah. they're your next market. Like, yeah. Don't, just don't don't lie about it. Don't don't like pretend you're not trying to do it. Yeah. So, all right. And that is a huge business for this country is yeah. food marketing. Yeah. Food. If everybody had access, which I know this will never happen, but access to a farmer's market, this country yeah. would lose out on so much money. Yeah, totally. You know, um, and those industries are so powerful, like the milk industry yep. and, the, and the milk, dairy, grain and soy. Yep. All subsidized. Yep. And we'll talk about it here in a little bit, but I mean, those, those came about in the 50s, 60s, 70s, yeah. which is coincidentally when you see heart disease going through the roof. Okay. We'll get to that. Well, tell me so, what you're and, and then the fourth thing kind of encompasses everything. Um, health to me, um, anatomically, physiologically, and psychologically all need to be balanced. Okay. So your anatomy, you need, your bones need to be strong. Your muscles need to be working. Um, things like that. You need to physically be healthy. For example, if you, uh, run so much that you have stress fractures in your legs all the time, well, that's probably not healthy. Right. Right. Um, physiologically, are you, are your hormones stable, right? Are you, are you controlling insulin, cortisol, are you producing enough testosterone? Are you doing, are, are those things in your body working correctly? Yeah. And then psychologically, like we can all kind of go off on different tangents on that, but I mean, are you sound of the mind? And, um, that could be different in different people in, in various aspects of society. But when I think of balance, like having a grasp of reality psychologically, <laughs> you know, um, yeah. It's and, funny because I feel like around here, not a lot of people have. No, that. no, it's, it boggles my mind. I mean, we, we see it everywhere. Yeah. Um, in the younger generation, my generation, especially, I mean, yeah. um, I, I am floored a lot of the time by things that adults do that I went to high school with, um, everything from, uh, what they think is okay to do in public, what to wear in public, um, what to say in public. Um, yeah. I know this is a free country. However, you know, the, you see in the, the, the rallies where supporters of Trump or supporters of Hillary or whatever, and they're getting beaten. And it's like, yeah, guys, it's crazy. You know, it's um, crazy. that stuff is nuts. Yeah, I agree. To me, those people psychologically are not sound. No, right. Definitely Be not. Um, and so having a balance in all three of those is my idea of health not being extreme to one side or the other. So I gave you the example of anatomically being healthy. Well, the person that goes out and runs and runs and runs and runs and develops, you know, shin splints or develops stress fractures. That's not a healthy body. That's an extreme. That's a right. Um, physiologically people that say take steroids. Yeah. They're probably not healthy on the inside. Their cells, no, they're not normal. It's not and, then, normal. and then also I would think psychological, because I know a couple guys who have taken steroids on my last yep. team and like and it, psychologically, like you're doing it, it for it's, just the wrong reason. And again, that example is perfect because it's all intertwined. Somebody that is 3% body fat, who's 6'8", 290 pounds, 
dude, you're not, that's not normal. Right. You know, like that doesn't um, just happen. every once in a while, there's a LeBron James that comes around, right? That is just a specimen. Yeah. But how many people, can we get him out of the NBA? So Boston, good one. <laughs> LeBron, if yeah. you're listening, I know you're not, but if you, I think you should retire and just be in movies. Cause he's awesome in movies. And I'm sick of rooting against you. So well, I'm a Piston fan and he stole a couple from the Pistons. Yeah. Back he's in the- just stealing from everybody, unfortunately. <laughs> All right. But, but yeah. So, those, so, so to tie in those four things, the, or the first three, the last one is, you know, can all of those be balanced? Mm-hmm. That's my idea of health. Okay. Tell me, you know, we, we, you talked a little bit about carbs, um, and explaining insulin and cortisol. So I'm going to ask you about a topic that, uh, I love and I have a major, major problem with. Um, so I don't really have many vices in my life. I don't drink a ton. I probably, you know, have, you know, I'd enjoy a couple of beers here and there. I don't do any drugs. Like I, you know, I'm in a great marriage, got great kids, good friends. But the one thing that is fucking my life sometimes is sugar. Yeah. I would sell my soul. I would sell my body on the street to get a pound of Toblerone. Yeah. So let's talk about sugar. Yeah. So maybe you can fix. So, uh, I, I, I forgot to preface this whole thing with this isn't you know, nutrition and diet and, and health is, is borderline religion. Right. right. There are so many different sects of schools of thought. Right. I'm I'm not necessarily to one school of thought. However, like I said, I think controlling insulin and cortisol is, is huge, but I don't like attend or uh, adhere to a certain type of diet because it all depends. Right. Right. And, um, you know, in the case of sugar, which you just brought up, sugar is a non-essential nutrient oh. carbohydrate. It's not needed. We could survive off of it without it. Ugh. And I know that to be true, but my heart just dies. Yeah. My, my, my soul just dies a little bit. When and I it's, it's funny you bring up and you preface sugar with, I would sell my soul for it. Has, do you think anybody has ever said that about steak or kale? Oh God, no. No, because, <laughs> because if you look the, at, at the molecular makeup of Sugar, right. the simplest form of carbohydrate, it is a few atoms off from cocaine. Is it really? Yep. No shit. Very, very close. You look really? at studies that light up the brain from sugar intake to cocaine intake. There are many doctors that will say sugar is more addictive than cocaine. Okay, so I'm not crazy. Then. Not crazy. Then, but that's but that's the rest of the world, especially this country. Especially holy when you, shit. So it's almost as addictive, or maybe as addictive as cocaine. I would say. I mean. Dude, that's, that's crazy. Like that's full on crazy. It is crazy. It is absolutely crazy. But, but with that being said, we both just kind of agreed that it's like eating carbohydrate is not necessary. We could survive off of protein and veggies, fat and vegetables. We could, and vegetable is a carb with, I mean, we'll talk about that, but, Mm -hmm. um, we could survive the rest of our lives eating meat, like protein, fat, and extremely fibrous vegetables. Now, would we be a great athlete? Absolutely not. Right. But we could walk around and we could do our desk work. We could, you know, live our family lives, like things like that. Um, but when you talk about the addictive quality of sugar, that, that is why this country has become so obese is because of sugar. Because of sugar, you go back to, to what, what insulin does, it stores nutrients and the, 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 the macronutrient that responds to insulin is carbohydrate. 
Okay. So if we're consistently eating, this point must be really important because there's a car, there's a police car about to go by. Yeah. And it's wailing its thing. It's on the one-on-one. So it, I feel, every time I hear a train go or a cop car or a fire truck, I'm always like, whatever someone is saying right now is crazy important. It's probably picking somebody up with a heart attack because they had too much sugar. <laughs> right. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so you and the rest of the world is addicted to high carbohydrate intake. Part of it is because the government has made it so accessible. Yeah. Go to a, go to a liquor store and it's 50 cents for a candy bar. Right. I mean, if you think about it, there's a lot of calories in that candy bar. Right. And it's 50 cents. You're not going to get much quality food for 50 cents. No, but, and a, and a bushel of kale is, you know, like yeah. five bucks or whatever. Yeah. And a bushel of kale is not going to keep you alive. Right. Right. Whereas like in dire needs, a candy bar will keep you alive because of the high, high calorie content. No, right. but we're talking about healthy. We're talking right, about right, right, right. stability, balance in life. Gotcha. And if we're consistently eating that sugar, we're going to be consistently spiking our insulin. We're going to be consistently storing our nutrients. Okay. okay. At the same time, when our insulin is spiking, something needs to, um, to kick in. Um, cortisol most often, since it's a stress to our, our system, right. cortisol will kick in. So it's just this never-ending cycle of insulin, cortisol, insulin, cortisol. But going back to to, to your sugar thing, um, it's extremely addictive, right? Um, and you know, if you look around, maybe not Solana Beach, but let's go into you know Arizona, Nevada, middle part of the country, even back in Massachusetts, my oh, family's yeah. from Michigan. I mean, it's it's just everywhere. Yeah. Um, you know, I guess we should have probably prefaced with what a carbohydrate actually is. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think most people have an idea of it because everyone says carbs and they think, oh, well, they think of grains or they think of cereal or pasta or whatever. And um, fruit is a carbohydrate. Right. Vegetables. Kale is a carbohydrate. It's it's just a matter of carbohydrate content per uh, unit of measurement. How whatever. Like how many carbs are in a certain gram. Yes. Yeah. And obviously like uh, two ounces of broccoli, which is a significant a amount, there's like eight grams of carbohydrate in it. Imagine what a lot. No, it's not a lot at all. I mean, in your protein shake, a whey protein shake, there's like three grams and that's a protein shake. So if you have two scoops of that, that's six grams of sugar. Right. And that's just protein. So like, let's take, you know, pasta, for example, you take two ounces of pasta, which like a handful, handful, you know, that that's 42 grams of carbohydrate, Jeez. just like that. Whoever eats two ounces. Right. You're, more than no, you're eating six, eight, 12, wow. you know, so there's, okay. it's a, it's a high caloric nutrient in the sense that we can consistently eat it. Um, but the more sugar we put into our system that we don't need, the more insulin's going to spike, the more we're going to store. Huh. So, um, so is there any, I mean, what would you say to someone who has, you know, who eats a lot of sugar? Like, what would you, are we talking like, are we talking candy sugar, table sugar, or are we just talking carbohydrate intake? Not carbohydrate. I, I mean, like, I mean, cause like, so if I have, if I have a big thing of pasta, yeah. I'm not getting a buzz off of it. I'm not like, wow, I got to have more pasta. No, but do you get a satisfied, uh, well, I mean, I, Honestly, I, I, I don't have a big, big things of pasta cause I feel shitty afterwards. Yeah. Well, I mean, there you go. Yeah. That's sugar affects me. Like the next day, if I have like Toblerone or a thing of ice cream or whatever, the next morning, like I have a headache and I'm like, I'm yeah. just sore and I'm just like, oh. it's sugar is, I'm, this is not an exaggeration it is toxic. So we need to really look at it that way. Oh yeah, and that it's like a poison, and that it's toxic. It is. It is a poison. There's a there's a great Netflix uh, documentary on sugar. I can't think of what it's called. I watched it a few months back with with Elide, and 
um, it, there's, it, there's nothing positive that comes from it. Huh. And the only thing that positive that I could ever, I could ever see it coming from is, or, or, or helping somebody with is the psychological benefit from it. Yeah. Like, Hey, our goal over the next few months is to, to lose 10 pounds or 15 pounds every, uh, every two weeks. I'm, we're gonna, we can reward you with a piece of chocolate or whatever the case might be. And again, yeah. it's going to depend on each situation, yeah. but it's purely psychological reward. Yeah. Um, and again, you'll, I bet there'll be some nutritionists that hear that and they'll just gasp at that. Yeah. But I come at it from like a well, real, I won't, have, I won't have them on our show. Yeah. Well, good, <laughs> good. But like a real world standpoint, like people need to live, right? Like, yeah. like I drink beer often. Well, yeah, you're a great example because yeah. I see you, I see. So this is the thing. So we see Mike in the gym and sorry, it's hot in here. Cause it's, it's, I don't want to turn the AC on. Cause then it, the, yeah. it goes, no, it noise is crazy, but see you working out in the gym. You're like covered in sweat and just like grinding. But then I see you post on Facebook later on and you're having a beer. Yeah. And like, that's like a healthy approach because like I'm always very uh, suspect of the people who work out super, super hard and then they'll post on Facebook and they've got like, I'm having, here's my dinner. And it's, you know, a picture of a kale salad with like four vegetables and, you know, three pieces of corn or something. Well, like, is that yeah. really like how you want to live? Like yeah. you're, you're in shape, but like that just like sucks as life. It's going back to the extremes, mm -hmm. you know, like, um, those people that train all the time that quote unquote eat healthy all the time. I'm, I'm going to say psychologically there's something wrong there. Yeah. You know, and, um, you know, people see the posts that I put of, you know, beers that I get or whatever, but they don't see the other 20 meals or whatever that I eat throughout the week that are a giant spinach, cucumber, bell pepper salad right. with a lean cut of beef and avocado. Like right. they don't see that consistently happening a, because it's boring and who like, who really cares? Yeah. Right. It's, it's not sexy, but, um, they don't see that side of it either. Um, you know, and I come from a standpoint of I've been on both sides. I've been on the extremely overweight side and uh -huh. I've been on, I've done my chicken breast, broccoli, cardio weights. That's it. That's it. I've, I've been on that. Like you said, it's not Do a they life. Both suck? They both suck. Yeah. I, I, they look I, like they both would suck. They both would suck. And at, at some point you like, you got to have a life, you know? Yeah. And like, like you said, your vice is sugar. My vice is West coast IPAs. Like I, <laughs> I love them, you know? It's so great. And, um, <laughs> there are days that I imbibe too much and I feel it in the next, for the next couple. And I know that I overdid it. Right. But it's, it's something that I enjoy. Now I limit other things. So I'm going to try to limit what I eat along with it. Okay. Um, so I'm not going to eat the processed stuff. That's why I mean, our, you know, my girlfriend and I, we spend so much money on food, nutritious, food. nutritious food, um, things without ingredient lists. Yeah. So are you both pretty good cooks? Uh, she's a better cook than me, which yeah. is funny. When we first started dating, I did all the cooking and then it is slowly transitioned to her doing a lot of the cooking. Um, and she's gotten a lot better. We're, we were making a joke the other night. She, everything that she's made over the past couple of years has been phenomenal. Except one thing she made these scotch, scotch eggs, which is like sausage wrapped in a, oh, uh, I, I know what they are. We were in Scotland 10 years ago. I get yeah, that. She used some spices in it. It was just, it was terrible. Just, it's just, you, you, I don't think that's one of those things that I don't even think you can execute well, even if you try yeah. just cause it just sounds horrible together. To me, it sounds great, but I think you need to use the right spices or something. I don't know. But, but yeah, so going back to the sugar thing, I think that 
it, you're, you are a part of society that has become easily addicted to it because a, it's available everywhere you go. Um, carbohydrate intake has been told to be healthy by us, by the government. Yeah. Right? Shit, when I played, when I played lacrosse in college, we were doing, um, they get, they told us to take this stuff called carbo fuel, which was put up by like, you know, I don't know who it's like some of that GNC. And it was like literally like a hundred grams yeah. of carbohydrate, yeah. but not before we practiced. It was like, we're supposed to do it like at night and then, and in the morning. Yeah. I remember feeling like so shitty afterwards, but like my coach was like, you got to take it. And again, you're, you're talking about when you played high level athletics, I'm talking yeah. about in the stone ages too. Cause when I did this, this is in like, you know, early, yeah. early night, but again, carbohydrate sugar is directly related to performance. It is the it is a fast source of energy. It's broken down into energy. When you're in the performance, though, right? Well, yeah, but I mean, even you know your quote unquote recovery meals, yeah. right? I laugh at CrossFit because everybody has this recovery shake. I need my recovery shake. Well, all they're drinking is protein powder. When recovery really is talking about restoring muscle glycogen, which is a form of sugar, right? Which is allows your body, allows your muscles to fire at a rapid rate, which is sport performance, right? And so these people are just doing protein shakes and they're not really taking in the nutrients they need to recover. Gotcha. Have you ever heard of like chocolate milk being a great recovery drink? I saw it on a commercial. Well, it's, it's because the, the protein to carb content is one gram protein, four grams carb. So there's it's a higher carb oh, content. Gotcha. Yeah. There's a little mix. bit of protein to help protein synthesis, all these things, but sport performance is highly related to carbohydrate. And so <laughs> That's why marathon runners, triathletes, they're, yeah. they are logging some miles, quote unquote, uh, in carbohydrate intake. When I was running marathons, I, um, man, it was one of the best parts about running marathons yeah. was the eating because you could just do three plates of pasta and you could run and have like 10 gels with you, which is like, t- tastes like candy and eat those chews. Do those, do those mess your stomach up? I have a, um, I have an iron stomach. Okay. I could eat like a chair and be fine. The, I'm trying to think the times I've ever had an upset. I've probably had five upset stomachs in my life. You're lucky. So yeah, I, for other people, I think that they do, but not for me, not so much. All right. Why don't we keep, let's keep going. Cause I yeah. want to, um, uh, keep going here. So what are the, so this is one of the, one of the questions that, um, I wanted to ask are, is what are the three common beliefs that you hear that people think about nutrition that you think are just flat out wrong? Some of them are, uh, the three I kind of thought about are, are, they're tied together. But the first one that, that I thought of was fat does not make you fat. So the intake of fat does not make you fat. So people think that, yes, but you think that it's actually not true or you believe that it's not true. I believe that it's not true. And I would bet, I would bet a lot of money that it doesn't make you fat. It does. So you think that fat does make you fat? No, it does not. Oh, that it does not. The intake of fat does not make you fat. So, for example, oh, I'm going to eat, uh, you know, the, this avocado. It's going to it's going to directly turn into body fat. That's not people think that people think that. Gotcha. Right. Okay. And avocado is probably even a bad example because that's a really good fat for you. But you know, an oil on a salad or yeah. fat on chicken thighs that's going to dr- go directly onto my love handles, right. which is not true. Um, okay. If you had to guess, right, you, you, you think that I'm somewhat lean. Yes. If you would guess that 50% or more of my nutrient intake or my macronutrient intake is fat, would you believe me? No, fuck, no fucking way. And it is. That's impossible. I swear. 
That is impossible. I, just look at how you're built. I, that doesn't. Yeah. What kind of, what's your body fat roughly right now? I actually am somewhat soft right now. Well, okay. Well, hopefully I can get to in, level in, in like soft. my training days. In my training days, I was probably seven, eight percent body fat. What are you at now? I'm probably 11, 12. That's insane though. You, you realize, I know you live in a world where yeah. a lot of other coaches are like that, but that's insane to yeah. the rest of the human. Yeah. I, 11, I mean, 12% yeah. and 50% of it's from fat. Yeah. Quality fat. I'm not like, again, this is yeah, not, you're not like fries. Yeah. No, no, no. Like, shot. um, so no, the reason why fat doesn't make you fat is, um, going back to that insulin cortisol thing, mm-hmm. a fat does not spike insulin. It okay. has no effect on it. So we just, for one thing, we definitely don't want to spike insulin no matter what. No. Okay. Uh, again, it depends. If we're in performance, we want, you know, if we want, if we're general health, we take four fitness classes a week. We don't want to spike insulin. Okay. Right. Um, but if you're a bodybuilder, athlete, things like that, those are, you want to manipulate that to in a sense, but so tell um, me about the fat. So you, you really eat 50% of your yeah. diet is my fat. Yeah. Okay. I mean today, so breakfast I had, yeah, what'd you eat today? Three eggs with about 40 grams protein chicken sausage, but that is also the chicken sausage has four grams of fat per link. So that's, uh, call that half, almost, almost half. That's probably 60 gram protein or 60% protein, 40% fat of chicken sausage plus the three eggs, which eggs are predominantly fat. Everyone thinks that they're protein, but they're predominantly fat. Um, cooked in some grass fed butter with a bunch of spinach, kale mixed into it, like an omelet with uh, a banana. And then I ran, I had a little run after and I, and, uh, I had a protein shake and goat yogurt and flaxseed, which is a lot of fat. Jesus. So that's a shitload of fat. It is. And I'll later have, I don't know where we're at for dinner, but like last night we had bacon wrapped chicken thighs for dinner. Jesus. Yeah. 50 and you're, I mean, okay. So, and you're 11% body fat. Probably. Wow. Again, it's, I hurt my back a while back, so I haven't been training as much and, you know, I'm yeah, not. Yeah, but still, what I, my point yeah. is, is like, you know, com, you know, if we pick a hundred of the people who have walked by since we started this podcast and put you up against any of them, yeah. you probably have the lowest body fat of anybody who's walked by. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm not going to argue that. And 50% of, okay, all right. Yeah, so fat that's, doesn't that's make you fat. That's crazy. number one, um, which in addition to that, fat doesn't make you fat slash low fat is healthy slash uh, fat, saturated fat causes heart disease. Okay. So that's all kind of rolled into one. Um, I, I won't really touch low fat as healthy for what I just kind of gave you because um, you, your body needs calories regardless. So if you're mm-hmm. taking away fat, you're adding in something else. People add in carbohydrate. That's what they add in. Yeah. To meet their basic daily requirements of, of, of calories. Well, as we've talked about, higher the carbohydrate content, the more insulin spike, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, saturated fat has been labeled as like the worst thing you can put in your body. Animal, saturated fat is basically animal fat. Okay. So, um, you know, it, it's, saturated fat is, in my opinion, one of the most important things you can put in your body. I'm not saying go out and eat 200 grams of saturated fat. <laughs> right. But your lungs are largely made up of saturated fat. Your brain is 80% saturated fatty acid. Jesus. And our brains developed over the time, over the course of time, because we started eating animal flesh. Um, so we can talk a little bit about that, you know, in later, but I, 
I think that people have demonized fat and demonized saturated fat. Yeah. And I don't think if it's from quality sources, I do not think it's bad. It's bad. Okay. And again, I'm not, I'm not saying that my diet is bacon and, and ribeyes because there are, there are some people in our setting that think that that's okay. I don't think that that's okay, but it's an important nutrient. Even like testosterone, it Mm -hmm. comes from saturated fat intake. Hmm. Okay. What's Um, number two on your line? Number two is the calorie in calories out theory. Tell me about that there. So, right. Like if you have someone that says they need 2000 calories a day, well, if they stay around 2000 calories, they should pretty much not gain any weight. Right. 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 Should be, it should be balanced out. If your doctor says your, your, your BMR is 2000 calories. Okay. I'm going to eat 2000 calories. Not any, not one calorie more. I should not gain weight. Okay. Well, let's say that both you and I require 2000 calories a day. I eat it in chicken thighs, broccoli, avocado, and rice. Okay. okay? And you eat it in candy bars, <laughs> 2000 calories, right? Even you'll know, even go a step further and not candy bars. How about cereal? Like a, a healthy cereal. If you eat 2,000 calories of that and I eat the other, do you think that we would look the same? <laughs> and we I'm did laughing, but yeah. because I would say definitely not, but it would be kind of fun from my perspective just yeah. for a couple of days to do to that. To do it. But I would be so, so, you'd be so sick. I think that there have been people that have done it. I think you look at like the Morgan Spurlock McDonald's thing. Yeah, that, you know, that, that, um, that movie was awesome. But also really, I felt it was really disturbing just because it was like, this guy could die yeah. filming a movie because he, tri- you know, he tried all this. Yeah. Yeah. That was nuts. And so, again, calor- I'm not saying calories don't matter because we've kind of talked a little bit about it in, in the last few minutes. But people are so set on calories. Yeah. And that's not it. It doesn't, it, it doesn't matter if you eat 2000 or 2100. Like, do you think your body really is going to go, Oh, well, I just went over the limit of 2000. I put a hundred calories in my body. I'm now going to be a little bit fatter. Yeah. No, no, that doesn't even make, that doesn't even pass the common sense. That no, but, but common sense isn't very common. Right. Yeah. That's and true. so, um, I hate the word calorie. I hate the word diet. I hate those things because People are so focused on it. They're yeah. so focused on reading the food label, not for the ingredients, but for the calories, right? The grams of protein, carb, fat, but also so you and your girl, you guys don't ever look at calories. I couldn't tell you the last time I looked at calories. <laughs> like, honestly, I mean, as a kid, when I was fat and my PE teacher was like, you're fat. Oh, dude, I was looking at the calories and everything, but I didn't really know anything at that time. I was in seventh grade, sure. right? Um, and your girlfriend doesn't either. No. Which is insane because we met your girlfriend who's a sweetheart and she's yeah. awesome. Yeah. But also it's crazy fit just like you. Yeah. This is one of the reasons I wanted to have you on, you know, have you on the show. And is that, I think that. Because of my girlfriend? Not because oh. of your girlfriend. But, uh, uh, you know, you, you guys definitely represent something that's not common in society. And, you know, as just being a typical guy in society with kids, you know, my own business, job, wife, the whole thing, you get so much information thrown at you. And my thing is always like, well, a long time ago, I listened to everybody and I was like, regardless. And now I'm really focused on like, well, I'm going to listen to people who like are like examples of what they're talking about. So I yeah. wouldn't listen to like Larry King about merit, you know, marital advice, just the way I wouldn't want to, you know, see Warren Buffett do hot yoga. 
You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, yeah. you guys are like, you're super fit and you're pretty busy. So, you know, that's why it's, it's you know, it's great to hear this. All right. Actually, yeah. what's, what's number three for you? Uh, number three here. Number three is um, the word diet or gluten-free and the word, you know, diet soda is not healthy for you. Okay. So you, you brought up like gluten-free water earlier. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, and specifically in the case of diet soda, they've taken out the calories in soda, the fake sugar that they put in it to make it similar taste to the sugar soda still spikes your insulin. Oh, it does. Oh yeah. Oh and yeah. It's a lot worse cause it's all like, it's all chemicals. Exactly. So in addition to the insulin spike, your liver goes through a shitstorm trying to process all these things that are not food. Interesting. So um, you look at people that eat processed foods, they have fatty liver disease. They're, they need liver transplants. Um, trans- and the liver is also, that's like if you drink, a, if you're like an alcoholic, mm-hmm. your liver is the thing that goes. Absolutely. Okay. Because um, it just can't process that level of toxins or chemicals. With that being said, I would make, I would make kind of a pseudo argument that alcoholics probably are not eating <laughs> spinach salads, chicken thighs, yeah. berries. Right. So it'd be interesting. Like when I, when I die, I would really like someone to do a study on my <laughs> liver because it, it is, it has, uh, had its fair share of IPAs go through it. But in addition to that, it's getting quality food and yeah. the alcoholics that I know are binging on alcohol in addition to eating shitty fast food, yeah. uh, or just not eating because they, yeah. they just want to drink. Yeah. yeah. And most alcoholics, in my experience, the ones I know, they're not drink. They're not alcoholics who drink beer. They're alcoholics who drink they're vodka yeah. and scotch they're, yeah. and like whiskey. Like they're biggest, drinking. Biggest, uh, you know, uh, well, I'm drawing a blank here. Um, Example. Punch the bit. Punch or it packs the biggest punch, basically. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It gets um, the best impact. Okay. So, so those are those three things about diet. Um, yeah. Wow, crazy. That's so crazy. I would not have gotten those two. Uh, I'm going to ask you this question, but I know you kind of already answered this, and, and but I'll ask it anyway. So when you, in terms of healthy snacks, like healthy snacks that you have, and I know you said before, like, hey, man, I don't really eat snacks. Yeah. But what do you, maybe instead, I'll ask the question differently. Take us through like a typical day of you eating from the beginning to the end, like, like currently in my life right now, typical day. Yeah, because here's what I'm here's what I'm assuming in your life, and correct me if I'm wrong, because yeah. your life is vastly different than mine mm-hmm. in many ways. Yeah, I'm married, have kids, dogs, pets, cats, yeah. fish, hamster, the whole fucking thing. <laughs> you know, you, you got to live on the farm. Yeah, I basically have a farm. You know, you've got a girlfriend, but the thing is, we're both incredibly busy, and like, so you're running from you know from the one gym to CrossFit and run around and training and doing all that, you know, maintaining a relationship yeah. and I'm running around too. Yeah. So the running around is the same. The busyness mm-hmm. is the same. Um, the hours we probably do stuff is the same. So I think it's very similar yeah. in that sense. But so what do you eat on a day-to-day basis? I call it what, first of all, I call it the Tupperware lifestyle. Okay. I live out of Tupperware. Okay. Like as that. most, as a lot of coaches do only because we don't eat out a lot. Um, so you really don't eat that out that much when you're running around in your day. No, you think that's a big key? Yes, absolutely. Um, I feel like we eat out way too much. Knowing what goes into your body is extremely important. Um, for example, you go to, let's say you go to a restaurant down the street, they have something like the Trader Joe's just chicken. 
Right. Which okay. is and they're advertising chicken. on like it's just chicken. And there's a lot of things that exist in the world that say that they're healthy. And if you know what is going into your body via the food that you prepare, I think that that is a huge step in the right direction. So in terms of snacks, kind of go to your question. I mean, I really like, you know, like carrots and like a jalapeno hummus. You know, I'm talking when you when you say snacks, you mean like a small little yeah. meal, right? Like in between like yeah. breakfast and lunch. And I really like the goat yogurt flaxseed. There's a ton of good nutrients in that. Um, good probiotics. Is that a lot better than regular yogurt? I only do that because I cannot have dairy. You don't like dairy? It's not that I don't like it. It's that it's, it's not, not good, for good for me. Yeah. Um, okay. And I only I only know that because I've taken it out for a month and added it back in, and it is not good. <laughs> um, so the 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 goat yogurt, honestly, if you were to blindfold me, I would not know the difference. Okay. Goat milk, on the other hand, is a bit different. Yeah. But I don't drink goat milk. I just do the yogurt. Because it's almost a, a, a carrier for the flaxseed, which is incredibly good for you. So you just throw a bunch of flaxseed into yeah, it. Yeah, mix it. And it's almost like a goopy kind of cereal type of thing. Yeah. Um, so that, uh, I like celery with almond butter. Yeah. Um, and it's going to sound barbaric, but even sometimes just having a couple pounds of like ground beef cooked, like in a pan, put it in Tupperware, a couple spoonfuls of that with an apple. Again, Tupperware lifestyle. I'm not eating for pleasure as I'm sitting at my desk, like in the gym. It's like I got a few minutes to eat something in between clients or a workout or whatever the case may be. And I'm just trying to get something in yeah. quick. You Interesting. Know? So you, you're having really, correct if I'm wrong, but you're almost having like really basic food. Like you're not a lot of ingredients, not a lot of prep, just kind of like, hey, I'm powering through oh, it. So Alida cooks probably Three nights a week. Can you can you say her name slowly because the, the, she's got the craziest name and spell it for us too. It's Alide and it's A L A I D E. That's just the coolest name. That's so cool. So, right. anyway, but, so anyway, and then on Sundays, Sunday's a big big prep day. So usually we'll cook two different meals. And when I say different meals, we're not cooking for us to eat that night. We're cooking if we had a family of five or six. Okay. Because we want leftovers so we don't have to cook the next day when we're out wherever we're at. Right. And one of those meals is always a crock pot meal because oh. it's very easy to throw a big roast in there with potatoes and veggies and spices and just let it cook away for like eight hours. If you want, if she wants to be fancy, she'll sear it right to get a crust on the meat and put it in. Um, but other than that, it just sits in that thing and, and it cooks. Huh. Um, so yeah, those so are then you just taking that stuff to lunch and yeah. you know, no, matter, no matter where you go. Yep. I mean, cause you know, if I'm gone for 10, 12 hours a day, it's, I, I can't eat out. First off, my wallet can't yeah. survive eating out two or three times a day, yeah. four to six times a week. Yeah. Um, but also I, there's very few places that I eat that don't make me feel bad. And I think, really, yeah, I, I think a lot of it has to do with maybe the salt intake. Cause we use a lot of salt, but it's, like Himalayan sea salt. It's yeah, it's not good stuff. Yeah, it's like, that's what we use. Yeah. Um, and restaurants don't do that. Yeah. I think you'll find, especially out here, I bet there are some that do, right? But, but most don't. Like, no. if we're going to Chipotle. No. Like, our daughters love Chipotle. Exactly. So we go there, and I'm always like, and I love Chipotle because, like, you know, I live with uh, three women who have very different food tastes. Okay. Chipotle is the one place I could please, you know, we could please all of them. And, uh, and I wouldn't say it's, like, healthy because I know that it's probably not. But it's, uh, but yeah, and it's, again, it's like 25 bucks every time we go, like yeah. it's 25 or 30 bucks every time we go. Yeah. And I'm always like, I wish I had prepped 
you know, I wish we had done something different so we could do this differently. Yeah. Cause I just hate, I don't mind blowing money on things that I really enjoy, but like just going to pick up takeout and bring it home just seems stupid to me. I, I but think, we do it all the time and I know a lot of people do it. Yeah. And I think that's, so we will eat out, but it'll be at places that a, we know make food better than us. Like if, like for example, if we wanted, um, some, like a really good burger with a bun on it and like the whole deal, the whole deal we can make burgers at home, but a, we don't buy, we don't buy bread. We don't buy buns. So right. it's like a deconstructed burger. But if we want to like go all out, we want like it the to full, be professionally yeah. done. We'll go out and do that. Yeah. Right? Or like, you know, our, well, maybe it's my favorite spot. She tags along all the time. Uh, urban pizza and Vista. Have you been there? No. Oh my gosh. Good. It's awesome pizza. It's best pizza I've ever had. All right. And you know, we can make pizza at home. If we wanted to like buy ingredients, we could do it, but it'll never taste the way it does there. Right. And it's just, you know, it's, it's hard to buy things like that, especially if we're going to buy ingredients for it and never use it again. It's just not cost effective. Yeah. Um, but that's cool. So you do a bunch of prep on Sunday. So Sunday is your like prep day. Saturday or Sunday, depending on what days are busier. But yeah, I mean, it's, at least two meals at a time. And then twice throughout the week, she probably cooks dinner. Wow. That's cool. Right on. Um, okay. So that covers the snack. So here's another question I had for you. And, and uh, you know, so again, like, you know, I play a lot, I mean, I play a lot of sports and I, I actually have a football tournament coming yeah, up. Yeah. It's in three weeks and I feel like I'm in pretty good shape, but let, let, I wanted to use it as an example. If you had somebody who was doing a tournament, softball tournament, or was going on a big, uh, you know, big adventure or something. You only had two weeks to train them. Um, what would you do with them? And I know you answered, you answered it already, you know, offline, but I wanted to, I wanted you to share your answer because I thought it was really interesting. Yeah. So if you had two to three weeks to train for an event, I, I come at it from a, a strength and conditioning professional standpoint, there's not going to be any, uh, actual change in your body that we can do via training. Right. So my, my goal would be injury prevention, which is huge. Oh yeah. In every age athlete, it's not just older people. It's everywhere. No. And you think someone like me or someone around my age, like injury prevention just doesn't mean like, Oh, I'm not in pain. It means that like when I've had injuries, I throw my back out and I have to be at home for a week. Yeah. Like that's a week I'm not at work for the business that I run. Like that has like, all kinds of other implications. I just started training a guy that used to be a high, high level volleyball player. He's mm-hmm. 45, 46. He used to travel around playing doubles like beach volleyball and his partner was 20. So he was that good, that old. Wow. But he, he just had a herniated disc, not just a year ago. Um, and I started training him and his sole, his whole goal is to be able to go play volleyball with his kids, not at a high level, but just to be able to play. Right. Like, yeah, that's a lifestyle issue. That's a lifestyle. Yeah. Thing. That's not score performance. Right. Right. So if we had someone to like two weeks, it would be injury prevention stuff. It would be mobility. I would have drills or movements that simulate what you are going to do either on the field mm-hmm. or the court okay. or the sand. So. You know, if, if it's a football tournament, like, okay, Jim, like, you know, what type of cuts are we doing? Like, what position do you play? Yeah. We would do that maybe at sub-maximal efforts because I know you are in the gym four days a week. Yeah. But are any of the movements sport-specific to a field? Not the sled sometimes. Yeah. That's okay. that only then. There's not, like, a lot where I'm, like, where similar. Where you see athletes shine and where you see them injure themselves is change of direction. Yep. Which is what most people lack, which is 
why I love taking CrossFit athletes and going and like playing basketball with them because oh, I'm sure they, would suck they, at it. they don't know how to dribble and they don't know how to laterally move or even like understand the concept of one play to be able to pass, react, et cetera, et cetera. Because yeah. CrossFit's largely a sagittal plane sport, meaning up and down, up and down, yeah. up and down. What'd you call it? Sag- sagittal, like the sagittal plane, okay. frontal plane, right? So there's like different anatomical planes. You're uh, like, yeah. honestly, you're like yeah. speaking Swahili yeah. to me right okay, now. Okay, yeah. Sounds cool. Meaning up and down. Yeah. So movements are squatting, up and down, thrusters, up and down, wall balls, up and down. Okay, gotcha. Re- okay. Oh, yeah, because we don't really do that many lateral. No. because and, and people, again, a lot of people want a quote-unquote workout. I just want to sweat. I just want to sweat. So, like, teaching yeah. them change of direction and the ability to load and unload, like, on one leg is a sport-specific skill. That they're not really going to use, probably. If they're not, you would yeah. want them to because, like, even walking, walking is single leg stuff, right? Like, yeah, uh, yeah. But you're right. the The general population is, doesn't need to know how to uh, land on one foot and take off and go the opposite way, right? Yeah. Like that you're going to do on the field, right? So I would introduce some of those drills, knowing that you've been in the CrossFit gym for this long time and you haven't done those types of things, just so your body is. Uh, prepared for that. Yeah. Right. And you might get some, some neural response, meaning some, um, some reaction capabilities from it. Your, your, your motor nerve nerve plates are going to be able to react a bit quicker just because it's a familiar movement, right. but you're not going to gain any more muscle. Your 40 is not going to go down. Yeah. None of that. So yeah, if you had two weeks, it would be all right. Injury prevention, some mobility stuff, and it would for sure be, okay, this is the plan for warm up and cool down for the game, right? Because yeah. how many guys, like that volleyball guy I was training, he said that he would just, they would just start playing. Yeah. And, and I'm the same way. I, I'm guilty. Like I played basketball before where we just jump on the court and it's yeah. like, it's the worst thing you do. Yeah. And to me, basketball, I mean, I used to play a ton of basketball. That's the worst one to not warm up on. And you're going up and down, changing directions and running backwards. Yep. And how many people do that? I would say probably eight out of 10 guys do not oh, warm yeah. up. They just start playing, which yeah. is, which is you watch the NBA guys, they go out and they shoot around, but they also go back in the locker room and they have someone stretch them out and they do mobility yeah. exercise. They yeah. do activation exercise. Their warm up is like three hours before a game. Right. You know, right, right, right. Yeah, so, so yeah, that, that would be my advice for the two weeks prior to a tournament or a game. Okay. Um, I only have two more questions for you here. So tell me, so I'm a pescatarian, which yep. is kind of funny because back when I start, you know, stopped eating meat, I, um, there wasn't a name for somebody who just ate fish. No one ever called it pescatarian, but what advice would you give for people who are either vegetarians or pescatarians? And assuming let's, let's make, I'll give you the general assumption that they are vegetarians and pescatarians for, uh, either religious reasons or, you know, the belief reasons. So I don't want to have the argument yep. of like vegetarians are healthier or meat eaters yeah. are healthier. Let's not even have that argument. Like, yeah. Let's I'm just say like someone needs just that for whatever their fucking reason. Yeah. I'm glad you're saying that because yeah, I have that here in my notes. Yeah. That's just, let's just skip. That. So I would say the biggest thing for them is that they need to be really good at math and they need to know. Good the, at math? Yes. They need to know their macronutrient ratios that they need for optimal levels of fat storage and things of that nature, meaning how many grams of protein a day should they eat? How many grams of carbs should they eat? How many grams of fat should they be consuming? Okay. Um, and you can get that all from like a, a functional diagnostics test. Someone that does labs, meaning they draw your blood, they, they see your hormone levels throughout the day, not just at one point in the morning or one point at night, like throughout the day. Right. Um, 
and then figure out, put together a plan of how many grams of each do you need to eat throughout the day. Okay. With that being said, it's very difficult for a vegetarian or a vegan to make those numbers equal enough or level enough where it doesn't spike insulin as much because a lot of vegan fare is higher carbohydrate, right? Because of grains, grains, right? Right, right, right. Okay. Things of that nature. And so limiting that insulin response. If you ever, like, I see a lot of vegans or vegetarians that have a bit of a belly, right? They're like kind of skinny fat. Yeah. It's not, again, we're not talking, we're not doing like this religious talk. I just have my, in my mind, I'm like, they're not counting their macros or what they're eating. Interesting. Because, you know, for all intents and purposes, the, uh, a person who eats a vegan diet or vegetarian diet is putting tons of nutrients in their body, right? With all sure. the vegetables and fruits. Sure, that they're sure, eating. Sure. You can't, you can't argue that. Um, but I think that they're the wrong ratios wrong. Yeah. Their, their insulin is spiking too much. That's, okay. that's what's going on. Um, so that would be my number one advice for someone like that is doing some math, figuring out how to incorporate protein and fat with the carbohydrate to blunt or to limit the insulin response. Along those lines, would, would you say it's a general assumption that it's true that most people just don't have enough fat <sighs> or don't consume enough fat and good fat? Not, not, I don't mean French fries. And yeah, I was going to say, uh, the United States society or San Diego society? I mean, let's say, let's say, uh, United States, which is really funny that we're saying this because my wife literally just texted me and said, we're going to Pandora's for pizza. So yeah. we're meeting friends for pizza. So yeah. Just After the last health seminar I did, which is about a year ago, I went and I went to the bar. I mean, I think it's like, I'm going to go drink it with you one time. Cause I think it would be a blast. Yeah. I think it'd be a blast. Yeah. All right, let's do it. So, all right. So, so, okay. So just going back to this question. So vegetarians and pescatarians, being good at math and knowing their ratio, knowing their numbers yeah. from a macro level. And a pescatarian is going to have a lot easier time because they're eating fish and right. eggs, right? right? And so there's those fish and eggs are an extremely nutritious food and they are complete proteins. Yeah. Whereas like a vegan doesn't have anything that's a complete protein. So they're, again, they're going to have to pair carbohydrates to make that complete protein to get to that point. But there might be a high carbohydrate load that comes along with that. So Interesting. it's just, Doing some ratios, finding pairs that work well together. Okay. That makes sense. All right. So two more. I have a, I actually, and this is great too. I'm sorry for keeping you so long, no, but this has been so uh, informative. What, uh, you meet a vegan CrossFitter. What, what do they talk about first CrossFit or being a vegan? Jesus. I don't know. It depends if they're gluten. <laughs> it depends if they're gluten free or not. <laughs> one of my friends, one of my friends on Facebook, when I started doing CrossFit, he posted, he was like, are you kidding me? He's like, all you talk about is all you're going to talk about now is CrossFit. He's like, I'm so sick of hearing you talk about the Patriots, the New England Patriots, Super Bowl world champions four yeah. times, um, or CrossFit, or some gluten-free stupid thing, or being vegetarian when you yeah. eat fish. And yeah. I was like, I'm, I was like, Tony, I'm like, Tony, it's on, dude. Like, you should seriously unfriend me right now. Yeah, because yeah. it's like all I talk about. But yeah, you're That's right. Awesome. Like, same thing. Like, we, you know, when you have friends who are vegans, like Jesus, it's like the first thing. Yeah, it's like they should just come in with a card and be like. I'm vegan. Yeah. I do CrossFit. Blah, blah, blah. And I just be like, all right, see you later. Goodbye. What's Goodbye. The, 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 the adult card game? Uh, oh, Cards Against Humanity. Yeah. I've I, never played it. I, there's a few of them like vegan. Like one of the answers is vegan. Oh, really? Do you know the premise of the game? We'll, we'll talk I, about it. We'll talk yeah, about we'll it talk, off You have to come back to the show. But yeah, yeah I will talk about that later. Yeah. Um, uh, all right. So let's say I'm 46. I've had three major surgeries. 
how can I turn back father time to some extent in terms of waking up sore and stiff? Um, you know, what are the two or three things you would tell me to do from that perspective? Like physically, like we're anything, anything, this is just open. Cause this is, you know, when, you know, I, I would say that, you know, when I wanted to have you on to talk about nutrition, we've, that's a small component of everything we've talked about. Yeah. This is a whole holistic thing, which has been awesome. So yeah. What, what would you, what would you tell a typical 46 year old guy with a family? Yeah. How can you, how can you not necessarily stop the aging process or reverse it, but you know, what are the things you would recommend? I would say a lot of the things that you've kind of added into your life. Um, I'm not saying go join a CrossFit gym, but you know, some of the most fundamental movements that we do as humans is pick things up, i.e. the deadlift. Right. Right. Um, single leg RDLs, single leg step ups, things like that, that are movement pattern applicable to life, right? Being on one leg, maybe bending over, being on having a step up stairs, right? Like a step up. I mean, those things are very applicable to our life. So I would tell someone that they need to either join a gym that does that or get a trainer that does that. Or if they're just, if they understand their body, start kind of incorporating those into their, their workout at wherever they, wherever they train. Um, with that being said, either add some yoga in there, add a massage once a week, once every other two weeks, um, something that can maximize your recovery between training sessions. So you would say, so part of the first part is like workout, get some resistance in your life or get, yeah. Get and, and I didn't want to say functional movement cause I think that's a word thrown out there too often. Now, like yeah, what is, says that. what is functional? Like to me, like fun- the most functional thing in the world is like running or moving like that because right. that's the original quote unquote exercise. Now I'm not sure. saying go out and run 10 miles, but like in the gym, people have gotten so accustomed, like, well, I'm going to get my workout in at the gym. Like when's the last time you just like with no watch on, like, I'm just going to go run to the next city and back. And if I want to stop 20 minutes in like and walk for a little bit to look at the, the beach or look at whatever, like great. And then like come back. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody does that. Nobody does that. But like, but that, and it would be so good to do that because it would be, it's not just, it's not just a great workout, but I think that, you know, we, everything is so timed in our lives. Yeah. Like when do you like actually get away from that? Yeah. That's one thing. Like I've been doing this thing where I've been, you know, trying to surf every day. And that's one nice thing about surfing is like, like you paddle out and I had a long conversation with a guy in the water today and like, nobody knows who you are. Yeah. There's no clock. And you can't get your email. Yeah. Like nobody can get in touch with you. Yeah. You know, and like, and nobody, like the guy next to me, like that guy could be a millionaire who runs some big company or he could be a dude who works at Denny's. Like who knows? Yeah. He doesn't know who I am. And it's yeah. great. You share a couple of waves and you're just, you're just kind of, you're in the world, but you're kind of out of it yeah. on the water. And then, you know, for half an hour, an hour and you come back and you're like right back into it. Yeah. So I, I think people need to deadlift, squat, Single leg deadlifts or RDLs, single leg presses, um, torso stability, stability stuff. Um, there's a hundred different exercises out there. There, each one might be applicable a bit differently. Um, and then I think people need to do some sort of exercise that is not looked upon as exercise. Like we just said, yeah. it could be yoga. It could be running. It could be surfing. It could be riding your bike. It literally could be like, even just walking, like yeah. doing stuff that frees your mind of like, like you said, the daily grind of emails and work and, and things of that nature. 
Um, but definitely mobility. And I don't want to say stretching. So if you want to say yoga or you want to say, uh, like more flexibility. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to keep the joints loose. Yeah. You know, and again, I'm, I'm someone that doesn't needs, needs to stretch more, but I would say that that's, that's an important part of getting older, right? Moving. The more you move, uh, I think the more your body will, will adapt to it and the fresher you will be as life goes on, you know? So, um, all right. So last question, if you could only tell our listeners, you know, you're sort of already answering, but I'll ask it a different way. If you can only tell our listeners one thing to maximize their health, what would it be? And I know I'm telling you right now, I know this is an unfair question to someone like you who knows so much about this stuff. Yeah. But I'll ask Well, you. are you, did you think I was going to say sleep? I don't know what you guys, honestly, See, I, think, I would say, I would think that I would, I would think that you would say something like be balanced and know your body or something like that. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's silly for me to even say sleep because I just, I think this, we have a culture that doesn't sleep enough, but in terms of like health, I think a lot of people want to talk about what to eat, eating real food. Like you, like you had said, it sounds like you're buying things that don't have a lot of, uh, labels on them or whatnot. I mean, yeah, cause our bodies weren't meant to eat things out of a package or we weren't meant to eat things that could last on a shelf in here without air conditioning for a year. Yeah. Our body's not meant to eat that. And so eating more real foods, learning how to cook them, um, would, in my opinion, would do wonders for people. Huh. Real food. Okay. And if, again, if it has an ingredient list and there's something on there that you yeah. don't know what it is, that's not a food. Yeah. You know, I just think that, I think that what you said earlier about that is just fucking genius. Yeah. The fact that it has an ingredient list in your example of an apple, like an apple doesn't have an ingredient list. Yeah. It's just a freaking apple. But when you go buy a piece of fish, right? How many pieces of fish or packaged salmon, how, how many times does it have like an ingredient list on it? Cause there's a food color in it. Yeah. There's. Salmon but, does a lot. But if you go buy like salmon from like a, a fishmonger, a, yeah, a fishmonger or even like a, a store that really cares about ingredients or yeah. food. There's, Seaside market here is awesome. Yeah. There's no ingredient list. It's like, it just says salmon. Right. 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 Fourteen ninety nine a pound or whatever. Like, okay, I'm buying salmon. I, ha- I have another question for you about, uh, cause you know, cause you're, you're so well versed in all this stuff. What are some of the, the blogs or podcasts that you listen to? that you think would be valuable to. Yeah. I thought you would ask me maybe like books or things like that. Yeah. yeah. I, so in terms of, and then again, I'm going to put this all in the show notes. Yeah. As well. It's so like blogs or podcasts. I don't, the only podcast that I've been listening to lately is the Jocko one. Yeah. The one we talked about. I'll yeah. put that in. I'll put in that. Nice. Yeah. And, um, so I don't really listen to a lot of interesting stuff. Fortunately, I've been in this field for so long that I've become friends with a lot of people in, in the field. So I can just, Text them more. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think what would be good for listeners is blogs that have uh, recipes on them. Okay. So like Alide uses the blogs a lot more than me because she cooks a lot. Yeah. Um, so a personal friend of mine, Stephanie Goudreau, she has stupid, stupid, easy paleo. She's actually here local in San Diego. Yeah, I know her site. Yeah. So she has great stuff. Um, Paleo Nick, which we talked a little bit off off air. Um, Trying to think of the other websites. Jim Jones. Well, so, yeah, Jim Jones is. I'm going to link it anyway just because it's hysterical. I'm going to link it to that one thing you sent me because it's 
you read this, anyone listening, you read this, it'll be like, we need to have another podcast where we read it and talk about it. Cause there's a lot. I read it again today. I haven't read it in a while. There's a lot going on there. Yes, there is. I'm going to link it. We will definitely, the next one we'll have to have. But, um, but yeah, so, uh, the other ones that she uses, she has a book. I couldn't think, can't think which one it is, but I mean, there's so many out there. If you type in paleo blog or paleo food blog websites, there's hundreds of them. And it's a matter of finding a recipe that you think sounds good. And right. I know it sounds is it sounds easy, like just going up to the internet and searching it. But if you type in like, it's not, there's it's, so many, it's so, so much out there. there. And I urge people to do that all the time. Um, but those are the ones that I like. Um, and in terms of books on nutrition or just health in general. Yeah. So one, I think that everyone should read, but I know will not because it's almost like a textbook. It's called good calories, bad calories (laughs) by Gary Tobbs. And again, it is like a textbook. It is very, um, this study said this, which meant this. And then this study. So there's a lot of studies, Right. right? Um, not easy reading, but very valuable. Oh, it's so bad. It, what we just talked about is like the tip of what that book is. Okay. Um, and so that book is crucial. He, he wrote a kind of a more condensed version called why we get fat. Okay. Um, talks about, he, he, it's basically that book condensed without studies. Okay. Um, and then Rob Wolf has a book. Are you familiar with Rob Wolf? What is he, what is he written? He's a, he's written, he's wrote a book called the paleo diet. Mm-mm. Um, he, he is CrossFit's or excuse me, used to be cause they kicked him out. Um, he used to be CrossFit's nutrition guy. Oh, okay. And he's, he's very paleo. Um, he wrote the paleo diet book, but he, he, um, I'm trying to think of his background. I want to say he has a PhD in, uh, uh, biology or something like that. So gotcha, I mean, he's, okay. yeah, he's not like a CrossFit coach slash wannabe. Yeah. You know, nutrition guy. I mean, he, that's, this is, he's studied this. Is what he does, yeah. yeah. Um, so I would say, you know, those, those, those are, are those are pieces of information. Um, where can, um, where can people find you and what, uh, what are you working on now? So I have a website. Um, it's my name, which is Mike Cahill. So Mike and then C A H I L L. And then the letters S and C, which stand for strength conditioning.com. So it's Mike Cahill SC.com. Um, and, and what do you, what do you do on that? What do you, you so I have, I have, um, 11 athletes that live around the country. Um, some of them are here in San Diego, but that I program remotely for me. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, I got a triathlete in Florida. Um, I got a CrossFit athlete in New Hampshire. I got, you know, weightlifters everywhere. Um, cool. so I, it's, I started programming for people a few years back. Um, I also programmed for a gym for a couple of years, so they were kind of outsourcing that. Um, but I also work nutrition with people. And again, if, if it's something very basic, I will help them. But if it, if there's some serious stuff going on with the person, I send them to my nutrition guy. Um, his name is Jason Deo. He's actually here in San Diego, incredibly smart when it comes to this stuff. And he will to the T tell you what to eat. Uh, what's his name? Jason, Jason Deo, D E Y L. Um, okay. So yeah, so the website, the website is, is where if, if I feel like I want to write about anything in the strength and conditioning world, yeah. I'm going to put a it. couple links on that couple things you wrote. Cause they were yeah. awesome. Good. That'd be awesome. 
So I, I write on there. It also gives some basic information about me and what I do. And it also has some testimonials with people that I work with or have worked with. Right on. And there's, there's a doctor on there. There's ex-professional athletes that I train. So like there's a wide array, array of people that I yeah. thought were good testimonials. So awesome. Yeah. Right on. Well, thanks for being on the show, dude. This yeah. is great. It's really informative. You know, I was telling Mike when we first started that, you know, I was, you know, like we were saying, I thought it'd probably go 45 minutes, but we've gone an hour and a half. I looked at it. I just looked at it like a couple minutes ago. Yeah. I was like, holy smoly. Like, this is crazy. But awesome. this, is, this is huge because this is something that I think is so important. Um, and, you know, from a, again, like just from my perspective, as someone who like wants to get better in his sports, but also wants to be healthy yeah. and doesn't want to go do 500 pounds on a, you know, on a deadlift, yeah. you know, and have that only be the only thing I do. Like I need, you know, we needed this aspect of like, how and do you I, encompass everything? I, yeah. And so my biggest thing with any athlete or non-athlete is always what is the goal and then i have to basically read that person and see what makes them tick what doesn't make them tick and fix what is the issue yeah it's not here is the program and you're going to do it this way it's always how are we going to help this individual right you know right right. that's awesome that's awesome thanks dude awesome thank you Hey, thanks again for checking out the show. I really appreciate you guys listening in. Also want to let you know that my new book is out on Amazon. Can't believe it. Finally done after a year. It's called Hero Up. Unleash your inner hero and make life epic. You can check it out at heroupthebook.com. Heroupthebook.com. So check it out and I hope you dig it. Talk to you soon.